Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. To my successor, whoever he or she may be. Number one, stay close to the Americans. Stick up for the Ukrainians. Stick up for freedom and democracy everywhere. Politics in general has taken total lead of its senses. Changing one man at the top of the Tory party won't make any difference. It won't fix the problems. Let's have a fresh start for Britain. Let's have a real change of government. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Stephen Carroll. You just heard him there for perhaps the last time at the beginning of this show. We will be talking about the handover of power, exit Boris Johnson, enter Liz Truss. Well, probably the last time as leader, whether it be the last time ever. Highly Who knows? Doubtful. More on that in a moment. <laughs> Plus a different kind of power play. We'll bring you full details of not one, but two Bloomberg scoops on what's likely to be a very big announcement on energy bills by the new Prime Minister. So after three years and 44 days in power, Boris Johnson has said his goodbyes and left Downing Street for the last time as Prime Minister. He delivered his farewell address in a typically bombastic style. Let me say that I am now like one of those booster rockets that has fulfilled its function and I will now be gently re-entering the atmosphere and splashing down invisibly in some remote and obscure corner of the Pacific. And like Cincinnatus, I am returning to my plough. And I will be offering this government nothing but the most fervent support. That was Boris Johnson speaking outside Downing Street this morning as he left to tender his resignation to the Queen in Balmoral. Um, Hitting plenty of Boris Johnson hallmarks, you and I think it's fair to say. Yeah, classic Johnson, wasn't it really? Plenty of boosterism. I didn't think he was was quite as upbeat as he has been in the past, but I, I suppose the guy has just lost his dream job hasn't he um hitting home on what he sees as his three successes which he's been going on about for for the last few weeks getting brexit done a speedy vaccine rollout and uh, early and fulsome support uh for ukraine and there was plenty i guess you expect really plenty of kind of rambling bits and and bits where you thought where where is this going? But, you know, that's just what you expect from a Johnson speech, isn't it? True, particularly when he brought up both his dog Dylan and Larry the Cat, who lives in number 10. So we're glad to see them make a celebrity feature as well. Bloomberg's Alex Wickham's with us too in studio. Um, Alex, I mean, this felt, you noted another Boris Johnson hallmark in this earlier, and that was the reference to a Roman statesman. Who is Cincinnatus, by the way? Did you know? I absolutely did not know. And, uh, <laughs> that makes, I think, three of us in this studio. Yes, don't worry. Scores of uneducated political journalists were scouring Wikipedia to uh, to work out who Cincinnatus was. He he was a, a Roman statesman who was was removed from power and then returned to office a few years later. And there is absolutely no danger that Boris Johnson didn't know that we would all Google that and then be talking about it afterwards. Um, so it's a very unsubtle tell um, there. But also um, other interesting Cincinnati uh, uh, facts from Wikipedia. A leader known for his outstanding leadership, service to the greater good, civic virtue, humility and modesty. So that sounds familiar yes indeed. <laughs> um, but i mean there's also a bit of a reference to there to a potential comeback right 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, how serious that is, it is too soon to tell. Anything can happen in politics. We've seen that over the last few years. It absolutely is not beyond the realms of possibility that Boris Johnson, there is a way back from at some point in the next 5, 10, 15 years. However, I think uh, we are some way from that happening. And, and I think he was probably having a bit of fun with us. Well, I also Googled this. It says apparently that Cincinnatus came back two years later. That could be quite troubling for Liz Truss. And then again, 19 years later. So um, (laughs) anything's possible. Um, now, now, Alex, we haven't just got you on for your knowledge of the classics. You've also had two major scoops in the past 24 hours on Liz Truss's plans for energy. Um, starting, first of all, with the help for households. What have you learned? Yeah, so this is uh, this is really interesting. It's a, it's a bolder intervention than we were, I think, any of us were really expecting from Liz Truss, where it looks like what she's settled on uh, after much debate is essentially a cap uh, set by ministers on the wholesale price uh, of gas and electricity that energy suppliers sell to households. Uh, And this will allow the government to effectively freeze the price uh, of of an average energy bill uh, at its current level for 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 the typical household in Britain. And this is a this is a huge intervention. Um, It's it is in lieu of a windfall tax. It, it doesn't uh, force uh, you know, energy companies to, to pay huge amounts of money. The government is saying it will pay the difference between the, the price that it's going to set versus the, the market price. Um, and that is going to cost, well, it depends what it's going to cost. depends on lots of things. It depends, obviously, on the, on the, true, the true market price of gas and electricity. But um, what we're looking at in these documents is a, is a price at around £130 billion pounds, uh, for the household's bill over 18 months. And that's the other point of this, is it could go on for some time. It's not like this is just this winter and then we're done. The war in Ukraine could easily go on for a, a year or two more. Prices could remain artificially high for a year or two more. The Conservatives are going to want to not have to whack people with higher energy bills just before an election. And that's the real issue that, that Liz Trust will face. How does she afford this for, for years and years? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge amount of money, isn't it? Um, and I think you say the danger is if energy bills are considerably higher in the following winter, and then this bill is going to get, you know, 130 billion is already a, huge, a massive sum, sum of cash. Now, you also had another scoop. You've been very busy, haven't you, the last 24 hours? Another scoop on aid for businesses. And this is a this is a similar policy on business. It's a, perhaps slightly tougher. It's trying to keep some incentives in in the system for businesses to to slightly uh, you know look at how much energy that they that they are using. Uh, but again, it's a similar sort of mechanism of. Uh, setting the wholesale price of, of gas and electricity that the uh, energy suppliers sell to businesses, um, maybe at the same price uh, as it sells to households, possibly at a, a different price. Um, that has yet to be decided. And also it is possible that some businesses could have to pay a lower price for their energy if they're particularly uh, vulnerable to, to pressures at the moment. So hospitality is mentioned in, in, the, in the documents and sort of fish and chip shops, places like that that are really struggling, uh, very, mm. very, very small businesses um, uh, that are really, really struggling with their energy bills. This package according to the documents, is, 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 is significantly cheaper. It's, well, it's still a lot of money. It's 40 billion over the next six months, though, it's important yeah. to say. Um, and that's another question, is would 
where does go, the money come from where does that? where does the money come from how long will this go on for again um but you know these are huge sums of money it is clear that liz truss is planning in terms of just top line figures of, of the money a vast intervention but also in terms of intervention in the market a, a significant intervention that is that is probably beyond what anybody was expecting from a from a sort of a, a libertarian small state ideological well, story. Well, exactly. I mean, is this is this a massive U-turn already? Uh, and kind of going back on the idea of no handouts and you know, not not you know, essentially the opposite of the narrative that we've been getting from Liz Truss during the campaign. She would argue. And her team are arguing that 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 this is uh, consistent with her ideological views. For example, that we don't have a free market at the moment because of the, the Russia's war in Ukraine. Uh, so an intervention in the market is is just. Uh, and also that this is not a new tax, which is something that Liz Truss has been extremely ideologically strong on. She does not want a windfall tax on energy companies. You know, the alternative to this to this policy was perhaps more simply less less messy uh, a windfall tax on energy companies and then and then redistribute the money in handouts to households and businesses that doesn't appear to be the, the way she's going and you could argue that that is that is uh, in that is that is consistent with her ideological view however this is a massive expansion of the state it's a massive expan- uh, intervention in in markets it costs huge amounts of money that has to be paid for by borrowing these are real tests of her right-wing libertarian conservative principles it does seem that the outcome if not the means quite similar to what to what labor was calling for over over the summer let's um go on to talk a little bit about cabinet appointments now some of these have been trailed for a couple of weeks now but just tell us what we know so far yeah, we've had quite a lot of briefing over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, on, on certainly on the top level appointments that we're expecting from Liz Trust. Quasi Quarteng, an absolute shoe in to be the next Chancellor. Uh, it really looks like Suella Braverman is going to be Home Secretary, which is a, a massive promotion for her, relatively inexperienced uh, minister. Uh, Prior to this role, James cleverly looking looking like he's going to be foreign secretary. He was a foreign office minister before. Again, a huge promotion to him to cabinet level and to a great office of state. We've got some people staying on in their jobs. People like Ben Wallace, the defence secretary, who generally has seen, I think, has had a pretty good Ukraine war. Um, looks to be staying on in this role. And then there are roles for some of the other leadership contend, uh, contenders from earlier in the contest, people like Kemi Badenoch, uh mm. will should should be in cabinet. Uh, I think Nadim Zahawi, I think, will, will will remain in cabinet, though not as Chancellor. Tom Tugendhat might get a might get a more junior ministerial role. But it's a it's a cabinet of Liz Truss's supporters. It's it's okay. not opening out to the Sunak uh, wing of the party. It's right. supporters, true and true. Okay, plenty to watch out for. Alex, always a pleasure to have you on. Do come back with new scoops for us uh, very soon. That's Alex Wickham, our political reporter. Um, The former Chancellor, Philip Hammond, meanwhile, has warned Liz Truss that the markets are watching her first policy moves very closely. We've already seen the pound strengthening on the back of that reporting about the action on energy prices. Philip Hammond's been speaking to Bloomberg's Tom McKenzie and Francine Lacroix. The markets are watching, uh, and probably more so than at any time since the referendum in 2016, um, the, the markets are looking very, very closely at political pronouncements. Um, and the UK does face some serious headwinds. We've got a big balance of payments challenge. The pound has had a, a pretty tough time over the last six months. Um, and I think there's a very strong need for the government to provide not only reassurance to its citizens, 
that it will provide short-term help to get through this winter, but to markets that it does get the fact that it can't keep on uh, printing money to bail out, um, uh, bail, bail people out. Well, just success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival been hearing from former Chancellor Philip Hammond. Let's get some analysis now on the economic picture from our chief European economist, Jamie Rush. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us on the show again. Now, you just heard Philip Hammond there saying that the government does not have a bottomless pit of money. Clearly, that is true. But how how big is the uh, the pit of cash? What's the kind of fiscal headroom which, which Liz Truss has to play with? Well, I think any headroom the government has in the against its objectives in the medium term is is becoming sort of an irrelevance when you look at the, the sheer size of the numbers that we're talking about uh, borrowing in the in the near term. 
Um, you know, we heard from Alex numbers, you know, 130 plus 40 billion pounds, 170 billion. You know, this is 5% of GDP. It's a huge amount. It's a huge amount of money to spend. Now, the the thing that's really interesting from my perspective, uh, sort of weighing through how this, this plays through to the Bank of England, to inflation, to the economy is, are they going to just give this money away or are they going to ask for it back? Because we're seeing sort of this difference in financing options. One is to just underwrite some loans to companies. The other is just to give uh, give, give the money away. Um, and that is going to be crucial. And I imagine they're not going to get an answer on that until the Treasury has been sort of confronted and consulted. And has a new boss, crucially. Mm. Um, is there a better option among those for the economy? That's quite a not yeah, so, you, so, you know so, I mean. so if you if, if the companies if if energy companies have to pay this this money back, it means that they're just going to keep household bills much much higher for much much longer. So you don't get that in, initial jump, but we're still going to be paying two thousand pounds a year for energy for you know a couple of years to come, and that's quite a different scenario from one where we get past this this, this shock, gas prices begin to fall back down to more normal levels, and household energy bills begin to fall. So it's actually. It is, there's a very big difference in what the implications are for the medium-term outlook. I thought it was interesting that the pounds rallied on the, on the on the talk of this big energy support package. But I, I guess that I guess the dangers there are lots of dangers of not doing enough, aren't there? I mean, if we just let energy bills be be three times higher this winter than last winter, you know, a huge chunk of the population will have no money to spend on anything. Yeah, totally. And I think markets are responding to this near this near-term change in outlook, right? So. This four or five percent of, of GDP of DOSH is going to go out there, and it's p- potentially enough to prevent a recession altogether. Um, so they're reacting to that immediate news. Uh, it's just that the you know the, the squeeze will continue for for longer in, than otherwise would potentially. Can you know is this a good time for the government to be borrowing to to fund spending like this, given the scale of the crisis? Well, we're, we're, we're sort of approaching the same sorts of sums that were spent during the pandemic. Um, so doing that twice in a couple of years is, is not great. Um, but, I mean, the, the key point here is that these are temporary things-ish, you know, year, year and a half. The, the, the markets will be focused more on the longer-term trajectory of the public finances. And so, actually, if they're thinking about things to worry about... It's it's more to do with the the tax cuts program that that trust is is sort of embarking on, which will leave a permanent hole in the public finances rather than a, a, a you know a short lived hole that we're seeing from from the energy help. But government debt is 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 high at the moment, isn't it? And more importantly, that the cost of servicing that debt has been rocketing, as you know, a lot of UK debt is is tied to uh, is is tied to inflation, isn't it? So that is that is a problem when inflation is high. So the costs of the costs of looking after all this debt going forward are going to be pretty eye-watching, aren't they? Uh, yes, um, it's actually quite interesting to think about what this does to the government's borrowing costs, because as you rightly say, inflation-linked bonds are a big part of the government's debt portfolio, and this announcement could potentially lower inflation from about 15% in April to about 8%. Oh. So actually there's there's a second round thing we need we, uh-huh. we all need to internalize a bit. Okay, Jamie Rush, our chief Europe economist, thank you very much for joining us uh, to make us help us understand uh, all of those changes um, that are on the way under the new prime minister. We are told, of course, we'll be waiting to get details of all of those plans. Now, we have spent what feels like all summer talking about the Conservative leadership race, but if Liz Truss now freezes energy bills, she'll be taking on a flagship policy that was actually first put forward by the Labour Party. Now, Rebecca Long Bailey was on the Labour's front bench under Jeremy Corbyn. She's been speaking to Carolyn Hepker and Tom McKenzie 
about Labour's plans to fix the energy crunch and if the party are staying quiet while the Conservatives take the blame for the current crisis. Well, I don't make the strategy uh, anymore, I'm afraid. But I think our spokespeople have been out and about on the airwaves. Unfortunately, a lot of the... uh, the noise has been made about the Tory leadership contest and hopefully now that that's done we'll get down to business and try to solve the cost of living crisis and provide the support that people need but certainly we've been very clear about what we're going to do that we're going to freeze gas and electricity prices immediately uh, and keep the energy price cap at its, at its current level until April that would save the typical household I think it's around a thousand pounds and we've also been clear about the cost of these proposals and how we're going to pay from it for it through a number of methods. Rebecca, um, a question about female leadership, uh, which is an issue close to my heart. Uh, Third female Prime Minister, um, third female Conservative Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, Theresa May, now Liz Truss. They have fewer female MPs on the Conservative side than Labour does. I mean, come on, does Labour not need a female leader? I'm sure you'll be with me on this cry. Well, I thought so, but obviously other people didn't. But, you know, c'est la vie. <laughs> um, c'est la vie, indeed. Uh, are, you surpri- are you surprised that given, given the economic challenges facing this country, uh, Rebecca, that, that, that Labour aren't polling better? You've got a 10-point a ten lead, but, but given everything that this country is facing, are you, you must be slightly disappointed that you're not doing better. I think we've got a significant poll lead at the moment, and that's not to be sniffed at. But I think if we're going to keep that poll lead going, I hope that at Labour conference we'll now start to set out some very detailed long-term policies. The short-term policies are very much needed, um, but we need to set out a vision of what the country will look like under a Labour government. And, And as I said earlier, that requires a huge emphasis on industrial strategy, real levelling up, not the levelling up that's been advocated by the Conservative Party, and also setting out how that by growing that economy and developing that industrial strategy so that we're competing with leading industrial nations around the world, we're not at the moment. In fact, on research and development, I think we're aiming for 2.4%. Other countries are at 3% of their GDP when it comes to research and development. We need to really up our game and I'm sure, you know, we'll certainly do that as the months go on within the Labour Party and we'll see some exciting things coming out. OK, that was Rebecca Long-Bailey, the MP for Salford and Eccles, speaking to Carlin Hepker and Tom McKenzie. Well, one big challenge facing the new Prime Minister will be to unite a Conservative Party that's just been through a bruising leadership battle. Well, Gareth Davies was one MP who backed Rishi Sunak in the leadership race. He says he'll be supporting Liz Truss now she is leader. The MP for Grantham and Stanford spoke to Bloomberg's Caroline Hepker and Tom McKenzie about the future of the party and the new PM's agenda. We are still... Uh yet to hear the full details of what her response uh, to the ongoing crisis will be and we should wait for that detail we don't even have a new chancellor appointed yet so i look uh, with great interest in the, in the coming hours and the coming days as to what uh, her plans will be and what the new chancellor will be uh, doing about this crisis mm. um, but there we was... have to wait for it until we we have more detail 
Gareth, there was a fantastic opportunity for eight weeks over the summer and 12 hustings that were viewed by millions of voters in the UK for that debate to have been had. It wasn't. I understand your congratulations to Liz Truss. I believe you were a Rishi Sunak backer. Do you think that Truss, who won 57% of the internal Conservative grassroots vote, do you think that she can now unite the party? I think it's vital uh, that we are united, not least because we have a significant amount of challenges that we face together. She faces as the new Prime Minister, whether it's inflation militant unions, NHS backlogs, or indeed the the challenges overseas. And so we don't have a choice. We have to come together as a party. I think we will come together as a party. And I think she will uh, make every effort to to unify us and move us forward as a country. She certainly has my support as we do that. And it's critical that my colleagues uh, uh, get on board with uh, the the new administration, the new government, as we try and make lives uh, a little easier for people in this very difficult time. I mean, Gareth, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a note out from, from Deutsche Bank and, and the team there that's making rounds here in the city today, warning of a potential balance of payments crisis, potential currency crisis, even talking about an IMF bailout for the UK. It's a dire uh, situation that the Conservative Party and the Conservative government have left us in, would be the argument. Uh, and, and this is clearly a boon for the opposition. Well, just look at what's causing uh, the surging inflation. We've got the highest inflation in 40 years. I sit on the Treasury Select Committee. We have... Uh, expert witnesses, the Bank of England governors in front of us on Wednesday. Yeah, Brexit hasn't, that, Brexit, Bre- Brexit hasn't helped, has it? It's exacerbated that. Well, no, no matter who you ask, what they will tell you uh, is that this inflation is global in nature and it is imported. It has been driven largely by surging global energy costs that have been exacerbated in, in, in a certain uh, circumstances driven by the war in Ukraine. And so you look around the world, you'll see surging inflation everywhere. So I think it's a bit rich to, uh, of our opponents to, to lay, this, they lay this on the government because all governments are facing this challenge. What we're focused on now is how we make uh, life a little easier in these very difficult times. And that's what I'm confident the new Prime Minister will do. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers and innovators leading the way from design and culture to technology, science and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.